Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Good morning to you. It is Monday, March 16th here in Tampa, Florida. It might sound a little different to you, and that's because I am podcasting from home. I have not been home in a long time. I built a studio at my office and podcast from there almost every single Monday, unless I'm out on the road. However, this Monday, I am here in my office because I sent all of my employees home. They're all working from home this week. I'm starting to see more and more clubs around the country close their doors temporarily. And I got to say, I think that's the most wise decision right now. We're still on track as of last I read yesterday evening, Sunday evening, on the same pace that Italy was, where cases are doubling almost every single day. And that's without proper testing, okay? Which means there's probably tens of thousands of people at this point in time affected by the coronavirus, I think the wise move, honestly, as a club, is to keep your doors closed for at least the end of this month. Where I live here in Tampa, Florida, Hillsborough County Schools made the decision to close school until the end of the month. It was convenient because this week was spring break for them, but they've extended that for two more weeks until March 30th at the earliest And I got to say, if things keep going the way they're going, I do not see schools reopening on the 30th or the 1st of April either. So what are you doing at your club? We're going to talk to Michael Crandall today to talk about some things he's heard from around the country, some clubs that are doing different procedures, whether they are staying open through this coronavirus pandemic or if they are closing their doors. I will say that I visited a club on Saturday and the cart boys were all wearing latex gloves, food service buffets had stopped. But to me, that's just not enough. In my opinion, that's not enough. And your club is going to be faced with a very difficult decision here this week. And what Michael and I are going to discuss with you is hopefully going to give you a little ammunition and a little more perspective so that you can make the right decision for your own club. In the end, it's a decision you have to make, but we want to give you the information and our thoughts and opinion so that you can make the wisest choice for you. Without further ado, here's my chat with Michael. Okay, special guest coming in from Buckhead, Georgia with us, Michael Crandall. Michael, how are you today? Morning, Gabe. I'm still outrageous. Outrageous. trying to improve, but I'm still outrageous. But I'm healthy. I'm healthy. That's the important thing right now. I got one first question for you, Michael, just very poignant. If you're a club manager out there in Buckhead or anywhere out there in the country, what's your decision going to be? To cut right to the chase, um, about any setup, left jabs before you come to the haymaker. To answer your question, uh, I believe that every club um, will eventually and should immediately, if they haven't, uh, shut down. Yeah. I'm and by you. that, and by that, I mean, and I, I realize I'm jumping right to the end here, but by that, I mean, shutting down, that doesn't mean, uh, well, you're just going to cut back operations a little bit because we still have to serve our members. So, but we're going to cut back everything except 
Well, those that want to golf, they can still still golf, but there'll be no locker services. Or, except you can play tennis, but their pro shop is not staffed. And except in all the exclusions they make, but uh, I happen to be in a school of thought that this is not a drill. This is not a practice. This is not a scrimmage. We're facing one of the most serious health issues in our lifetimes. And um, club leaders need to be proactive in dealing with it. And that means I think they need to shut down for some temporary period of time reevaluating it as you go forward. That's that's, pretty, that's my bottom line. Pretty no-nonsense uh, words from you there, Michael. And I got to say, I'm, I'm of the exact same mind as you. I think it's a risk not worth taking. But there's a lot of people out there still, and I'm reading it on social media, that are coronavirus deniers or they just don't want to face the what seems to be stark reality. What what would your answer be to those people who don't think that this is as serious as the media is making it out to be? My opinion is, and I'm pretty much dialed into clubs around the country on a very close basis. Uh, I've seen dozens of drafts and actual letters that have already been sent out from leadership teams to to the membership, and so I'm pretty well got my finger on the pulse of, of what's going on. Uh, my feeling is that uh, board of directors in general at private clubs that are member owned, they're also board members, but they're also members. There's a lot of peer pressure, if you will. And there's a lot of um, feeling that we need to be politically correct here to not offend any of the members. I would suggest the strong leadership at this point, to whatever degree politically correctness may or may not be appropriate. This is not the appropriate time for political correctness. It is time to be correct. And leadership just needs to make the decisions they feel is best going forward. And I also believe uh, very, very strongly, and I have reasons to back it up, that when boards are decisive and the leadership team combining with the management makes the hard decisions uh, to close. Um, However, while still taking care of all the staff compensation-wise, making them whole, that's important uh, not only will the membership in general, um, everyone's going to be disappointed because of the uh, personal inconvenience, but in general, the members will support and back the board, and they will rally around the decision because they realize that one of the most important considerations run the people business is their staff, and their board has, has mandated we will take care of our staff. Yep, absolutely. I, I think you're dead on there. We've, we're seeing some of the larger corporations and even people like the Dallas Mavericks and their their owner uh, talk about they're going to take care of their hourly employees while there's downtime. And I think that that's really important. And I think that in the long run, that's going to build more loyal employees when you know that they that you're not going to put them in harm's way. You're not going to put their health at risk, but you're going to take care of them and make sure that they're okay through this time as well. And as we spoke about with last week with, I believe it was Cindy Vizza, maybe Peter Danula, we talked about how it might not be the person at the line level who is sick, but it could be their children are home from school because here in Hillsborough County, schools are now closed for the, the for the near future. It could be that they've got a relative that they need to take care of. So there's so many things at play here. Uh, I think you're I think you're dead on there, Michael. Well, it's unrealistic. Um, well, the the number one concern. Um, for any private club, it should be their members, their guests, their staff, and even their vendors. Um, and the board decision uh, to keep their doors open 
to whatever degree they feel like they're going to. And they're basically pussyfooting. I've read the drafts around the country. Some backs have been released to their members. But I've read the drafts where it says, well, we're doing this just temporarily, and, and your safety is our concern, but they're not making a decision. Right. That's they're, the thing. They're not establishing elite, not establishing leadership at all. Uh, and they come up with all kinds of, of um, things that they're doing to prop themselves up and looking, we are being proactive here. And they're even doing things like uh, one draft um, actually had, and the couple clubs are doing it. Imagine this. They, I'm not making this up. They are having staff at every member entrance and the employee entrance and where vendors make deliveries with people who are taking the temperature of people coming in. And if it is over, you know, wow. I think it was 100.4, they're denied entry into the club. Wow. That's, and they're, they're that's armchair, arm, armchair physicians, huh? <laughs> They're thinking that they're thinking that this is somehow uh, going to show their membership how much their club leadership is on top of things, and some of the clubs with formal white tablecloth dining venues are actually saying we're not going to have silverware. We are having plastic utensils yeah. that are are inside the little sealed wrappers. What? Right. What good does that do um, if the person that say, puts them out on the table has it too? Right, Michael. I mean. If you've oh got- yeah, yeah. You can't you can't have them on the table ahead of time. No, you can't. Right. Oh. And the in the service staff, it used to be white glove service was kind of a formality that showed you a first class operation. Well, now they're going around with latex gloves. Yeah. Uh, another club says, "Oh, well, we we can't do that. That doesn't look good." So they're having their staff, and they communicate to the members. We're going to have our staff have the latex gloves, but over them they will have the white <laughs> gloves. Oh wow! And you're going. Where are we going with all this? Right. And what they're really trying to do, in my opinion, it's a fact that some clubs are, are doing this. In my opinion, when they communicate to the membership, they're trying to tell the members, oh, look how much leadership's on top of this, and these are things we're doing for you. And in reality, when you read through these letters that they're communicating, they're communicating all the reasons why a member would not want to use their own club on the golf course. Well, the course is still going to be open, but we are requiring that no one touch the pins. I saw that. That was interesting. Yeah, you can't touch can't touch the pin. Right. You yep. know, because then if, if someone's got it, then it's, it's immediately contaminated, and you're thinking, what the heck? You you can't rake the traps. Right. <laughs> really? Well, because you're grabbing that rake, and who knows what's going on? Normally, first-class clubs have a, a, a In fact, some clubs, it's like the heartbeat uh, that makes them unique and different, and they pride themselves in it. Thriving caddy programs. Well, we're not going to have the caddies anymore. What? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have carts. Well, the six feet spacing social type spacing if you have a foursome you need four carts right exactly and by the way don't drive side by side talking to each other (laughs) unless you're more than six feet away what yeah see the whole thing defies logic and yet uh some of the clubs um have the the most astute intelligent captains of industry on the board level but it appears that a lot of them if you check their brains at the front door or gateway of their private club thinking that their club is the land of oz right it's not I, the I, virus 
I think of it this no way. Political parties, it has no nothing. It doesn't care. I think and of leadership it. Leadership needs to start making decisions. This way, it's like, who are the people that are traveling and then therefore exposing themselves most to the, to this? It's generally the wealthier people. So. I mean, if anything, you, there's no way to be able to screen for it. And number two, you you mentioned clubs that are taking people's temperature, which is an, is an exercise in futility because oftentimes you can be carrying the symptoms and actually be contagious yes, without right. having any any of the actual symptoms like cough or fever or anything like that, and you're still contagious. Uh, so that's useless. And I think I'd love to just address the elephant in the room here that no one has brought up yet. And that the fact is, if you managed your club to the point where two weeks to four weeks or however long this thing goes south, you're going to be underwater, then I think you've mismanaged your club because we just had 11 great years of, of economic boom. And if you didn't put together a capital reserve plan or some of the other suggestions that have happened here on this radio show every week, to be quite frank, then really you're the one that's at fault in this. And I think there's going to be some heads rolling at the end of this as well. What do you, what do you think of that, Michael? Well, there will be heads rolling. I, I hadn't really gone that far in my thinking and, and gave you a spot on. Uh, those that are in a club management profession and love it, um, we're on the, you don't, if you're successful, club manager, no matter what title they may give you. We're not in the business of saying no. We're not. Yeah. And t- a typical thing is, uh, is you'll say to members, excuse me, the answer to your question is yes. Now, what is your question? But um, mark this down that an abnormal reaction is normal in an abnormal situation. One more time. An abnormal reaction is normal in an abnormal situation. And we are dealing in the most abnormal situation imaginable to private clubs because we're in a position, you always say yes unless there's a compelling reason to say no. And the key word is compelling. We have a compelling reason. Yes. It's the health of our members, the livelihood of our own staff. That's a compelling reason. But there may be heads roll, as you said, because unless leadership by leadership, I mean the board and management, volunteer and paid, work together and communicate together. Someone's going to be a scapegoat, and guess who? It's not the board. It's not the board. It's, the <laughs> it's never going to be no. the board. <laughs> no. And so this is an instance where strong professional leadership, I wouldn't suggest you voice this at a full board meeting, but me with your club president, uh, privately or your executive committee, depending upon the relationship you have with them one-on-one in private and say, ladies and gentlemen of the board, I want you to know, I will back your decision 100%. Don't get me wrong. That will happen. However, I do want to tell you behind the scenes that if we do anything less than fully protect our staff and our membership by trying to stay open to some degree, thinking we're serving the membership, it's flat out wrong, yeah. period. And I need to tell you that. 100%. And I'm asking you to consider it. Yep. Uh, or heads will roll for all the wrong reasons. Right. I, I mean, we're talking, There's. we're in a very litigious society, certainly. And, you know, if everyone's closing their doors and you stay open, then you're opening yourself up to, to, to the potential of that. 
And it's just, it, this is now, now, I mean, it's a, it's just a public safety risk to put your own people at risk. And you're putting your members at risk by, by only taking half measures that we, we know at this point can't can contain um, what's going on. And it, it, and you can have all the gloves in the world on, on your hands, but if someone sneezes and doesn't cover their mouth, then guess what, what happens? So again, I, I really hope clubs of course. Had a capital reserve plan in place. I hope that they've got enough in the bank to, to weather at least a 30 day um, closure, because I, I really think that it's going to the, the, the states are going to force the hand here pretty soon as well. Don't you think, Michael? Oh, they will. Well, the state of Pennsylvania already uh, yesterday, excuse me, day before yesterday, they just point blank came right out and they said that they're giving this is now this is yesterday, day before yesterday. State of Pennsylvania Department of Health. They said, quote, a strong recommendation that the following types of businesses should temporarily cease regular operations. Now they go into the types of businesses, but think of these businesses in the state in Pennsylvania, they're thinking about freestanding businesses, but think of how many of these we engraft into a country club or city club operation. This is what they say. Community and Recreation centers, temporary clothes, gyms, including yoga, spin, classes, hair salons, nail salons, spas, casinos, concert venues and theaters, bars, non-essential retail facilities, including shopping malls. And then they say sporting events facilities, including golf courses. So they put it right out there. That's what a, that's one state has done as we speak day before yesterday, but there's some good news, Gabe. They also say, note, liquor stores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Can still be open. <laughs> People can buy wine and beer at grocery stores. Well, that's good to know. Right. And they also say restaurants should stay open for carryout and delivery only, which is something we might want to talk about for those clubs who still want to serve their members somehow. They want to remain relevant to their members' lives rather than saying they close. Uh, some clubs are considering closing down completely, except uh, for a lot, of, a lot of clubs are moving toward you call in ahead of time, even though the club is closed. Call in ahead of time, make your order. They have a limited menu. They have a beef, pasta, chicken, and and a uh, uh, poultry type stuff, uh, but only like four or five menu items. Forget your full menu. And these are what we're offering, period. You call in ahead of time, you just pull up to the front uh, gate entry, and we will there ready for you with the bag to deliver it. You don't even have to get out of your car. Yeah, what are your thoughts on um, that? Do you think that that's an a, a acceptable solution to this? Well, I'm not recommending that. Uh, I'm of the school of thought that we just need need to close. However, for every club is unique and different. And if you still think well, we got to serve our members somehow, remain relevant, that that is that is an option. Yeah, uh, that, that that you could still do that. I got uh, another uh, recommendation. How for clubs that uh, still want to remain relevant, and this was a uh, personal friend and a professionally respected peer named Jack Deal. And Jack, for years, was a, one of the the better known people in Club Corp, and I was uh, independently consulting. But he sent me something, and this is from a, a club that's called Wind Lakes. And this is a homeowner association, and this is what it said, and it came from HOA president. He says, uh, I'm reaching out to you due to the concerns about the coronavirus. 
We hope that you're doing well. But some of you, however, may be unable to get out to run errands and necessities like groceries, prescription medicines, etc. Right. If you need assistance, our club wants you to let us know and we will help you any way we can. Please contact us here. Our small community has always been made up of good neighbors in this unprecedented situation. We will find ourselves as no exception. Well, am I recommending that? No, I'm not. Um, am I recommending just picking up uh, uh, at the front door? No, I'm not. However, for those clubs that still feel like they need to be relevant to their membership, these are two ideas that, that they should probably consider. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. I, I feel like if you, if you still can't screen and know that your employees are safe, then you're still putting your members at risk. That would be my take as a business owner. Yeah, uh, Gabe, you and I are you and I are the same take. You know, it's well, like, what I, a reason I gave those examples. The reason I gave those examples is for people that listen to this broadcast today and the other two you've given already, which is superb, and everyone should dial back and listen to those as well if you can is that there are some clubs out there who are still clinging, and these are the things they're clinging to. Yeah. And you and I happen to agree we didn't confer ahead of time. This isn't staged. We happen to agree that the best decision right now is just to shut it down, period. Um, and you have, you, you have to communicate to your members, by the way. If you communicate you're shutting down, you better darn well make sure in the same communication you let your members know that you are making a commitment to take care of your staff, to make them whole financially, compensation as a result of this. And you mentioned that Dallas Mavericks is owned by Mark Cuban, and a lot of people may know him on Shark Tank or owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He even came out and said point blank that, as you referred, Gabe, that he is going to make sure that all the hourly staff, the people at the whole arena who are pouring the beers and the popcorn at the ticket entry, everybody is going to be made whole. He said, now don't tell me, I don't know exactly what our plan is to do that. Don't get me into details. I don't know, but I can tell you it's very important to me and we are going to do it. So for clubs who are hesitant thinking, well, gee, we, how, how are we going to work this all out? Do we have to run financial or extensions and all that stuff? Baloney, you figure that out later. Right. You make a decision, ASAP, and you communicate the membership, we're taking care of our staff. I promise you, those listening, trust me on this, folks. The number one priority of your members facing this, this emergency is not the personal inconvenience of not using their club. It will be. But what about our staff? Yeah. So you need to make sure that you communicate we're taking care of them. Now, if you're not prepared to do that, uh, I, I don't, you're not, not going to be around. You're right. just not. Right. There's going to be clubs that close from this, certainly. Um, there's no doubt about it. But it's, it's the, the way you, you'll be judged, I think, is how you act in, this, in emergencies like this. Um, and, you know, uh, listen, if... Yeah, I've said, Gabe... I've said, Gabe, um, that uh, I agree with you. The way you respond to emergencies like this, a lot of times uh, we want to, we all want to solve problems as they come up. But those who are really on top of the game in leadership, they solve problems before they have a chance to happen. Right. Yeah. That's right. Leadership, that's what they do. You can't be reactive. Put your finger up to the wind and decide what's going on and then say, look, I'm a leader. This is what I'm doing as you run before the crowd. No. 
Yeah. Uh, this is, as I said, this is not a drill. It's not a scrimmage. It's not a practice. This is real stuff. Right. And yes. clubs need to take the leadership in there. And by the leadership, I do mean the volunteer as well as the paid. We've seen now over the you weekend. You know, it's interesting, Gabe. Let me, let me give you one quick example here, Club uh, Gabe. Uh, this is all real time. Uh, this was dated um, just last Friday. And this is from a, a club in the Northeast. And they are actually extending hours of operation. I can't believe that. <laughs> I read that it's one too. I, I could not believe that when I read it. I'm looking at it right in front of me right now. I pulled it up. And the name of the club is irrelevant. But here's a club as, as we continue to evaluate the situation in our community and around the world. We make every effort to take proper precautions. Blah, blah, blah. And it says, we want your club to be an extension of your home. And with all the frivolity going on in the world, we want you to know that you can come here. Therefore, we are extending hours of operation. And here what we're doing, effective Monday, March 16th. Today. They, they said frivolity? I mean, to, to me, that's... <laughs> no, no, that was could... my word. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, jeez. I was going to say, that's that's extreme. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I took a little editorial okay, liberty there. So that, but, the, the, but the essence, the fact is, they are communicating to the membership that we like you so much, right. and your club needs to come. You come here at your club. It's Safe Harbor. And then they communicate the extended hours yeah. starting today can't believe that i mean we're not a wow. sh- clubs are not a shelter they're not a hospital and they're not a daycare you know they're a place for people to enjoy and have fun and be safe <laughs> and safety has got to be way up there on the priority list and so yeah that i had my i'll be scratching my head for a while thinking about that one yeah <laughs> one of our um, uh, you and i both esteemed uh, peers um in the private club industry uh, is Alan Jacobs, and Alan is, in fact, one of our, our uh, contributing authors in our book, The Agencies of Plume Club Leadership. Anyway, uh, Gabe, Gabe posted something, and I've seen it elsewhere, too, but I, I saw the first time that uh, I saw it was from uh, from Alan, and it says this. Keep in mind, by the way, that we are in the hospitality industry, okay? And he posted this. If you would like to know how it feels to be in the hospitality industry during this coronavirus pandemic, well... Think about the movie, The Titanic. Right. Remember what we're thinking, and the band continued to play? Well, guess what? Yeah. We're the band. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, it's, a poignant, it's a poignant analogy, because it, how ridiculous was it that the band was playing on the Titanic as it was sinking, uh, just to calm passengers? And ugh, Yeah. It's exactly what's going on when you have clubs that are extending their hours. That's, that's absolutely absurd to me. <laughs> Yeah, another guy who uh, I think has been forthright and does a, is between his membership, and at some point you may want to talk to him. But we both know David Zahner, and he's at Woods Hole Golf Club, and uh, they were just very succinct and directing uh, to their membership. They had a one-page uh, communicate to their whole membership, and one thing I'm seeing uh, also, and not one thing, many, many, many times in the drafts that I'm receiving from my clubs around the country. When I say drafts, I'm getting a chance to look at them before they even go out. And I'm making some suggestions to them. But most of them uh, are at least two pages, single-spaced, that the members aren't going to read. They're looking at, what's this, what's this? And they go on and on and on from the Center of Disease Control recommending the washing of hands and sneezing into your elbow, almost talking down to your membership, who by and large are pretty sharp people. Right. Uh, but you're telling them all these things, and it's long ago. Um, 
And uh, anyway, David uh, Zonard, his club, uh, Woods Hole, came up with a, just a one-page straight thing, and I uh, I won't read it to you now, but um, I'm sure David uh, would give insight to anyone who would like to contact him. He's spot on, very top, and one of the best professionals in the business. Yep. Yeah. What, what, were, what was the basic contents of that letter then? Well, you're prompting me a bit, and so I, I guess uh, going to it, it just says, Dear Members, after deep consideration and weighing new government stances, your club has decided to delay clubhouse opening until April 15th. And we're going to uh, institute initial 30-day block until we get additional information and flexibility so we will stay ahead the curve of rapidly unfolding news. Mm. And he says the most important measures we can deliver to the staff and the membership is one of respect. We all fall into different places on the spectrum of reaction emotion, I call it. And it's okay to have differing levels of reaction, but as an organization, we need to respect everyone's feelings during this time of worldwide uncertainty. And due to the delayed opening, all golf and social events are canceled up until April 15th. Um, and so he, he yeah. just very forthright, and initially in the communication, which is only one page, right in the get-go, he answers what we're doing, Next paragraph says why we're doing it. And it's not asking opinions. It's not making apologies. And it's not talking down to your own membership about all the things. Be sure to wash your hands and sneeze into your elbow. Right. Um, they all know that. Yep. And many of these letters I think go out are self-serving, trying to make themselves look like on top of it. And in reality, they're communicating that um, leaders are paid to make decisions. That's what you're paid for as professionals, but leaders in the club industry are also on the board and are volunteer, but due diligence requires to make decisions. That's what people in the top levels of leadership are there for, to make decisions. Uh, this is no time for manby-pamby type quizzing. As right. I said, it's not a drill, it's not a scrimmage, it's a real thing, right. and uh, we need real leadership now. Well said, Michael. You, you couldn't have said it better, uh, and I appreciate you coming on this morning to deliver that news because I think there is a lot of pussyfooting happening, as you say, around the industry. But you tell it like it is, and we appreciate that. We thank you for your time. And you're very welcome. Anytime I help, you know I'm in your corner. Thank you. So you've likely got a big decision to make here. I'm sorry you have to make it, but I know you'll make the right one. I'll catch you back here probably in just a couple of days, but certainly by next week. And until then, here's to your membership success.